Sky Sports Radio loves talking racing. The people. The jockeys. The horses. The gates open now. They're off and racing. Time now for Punter's Postmortem. Have a look at this. How much did this have on the field? Analysis of the weekend's racing plus your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Yeah, welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday. Of course, uh, Melbourne Cup Day tomorrow and, uh, well, the next 24 hours. Not only all of us punters uh, get to enjoy it as our Christmas Eve, but also you get uh, all the text messages from your mates who never have a punt and they're wanting to know what your selections are. It's going to be a big week, of course, here on Sky Sports Radio because not only have we got good racing continuing or starting uh, down there in Melbourne, but we've also got really good racing continuing here in Sydney town. And what a weekend it was. The rain came in Sydney in patches in some areas, but we got that race meeting in good condition there at uh, Rose Hill. And great to see uh, two young blokes fighting out that finish of the Golden Eagle. I speak of Kobe Jennings and also Tom Sherry. We'll talk about that with Ron Duffy shortly. And we'll also talk about Derby Day and everything to pop up down there. Of course, Dennis Pagan and Lockie King outstanding there in the Derby. Glenn Munsey will also join us any second and we'll go through what he thought of the markets and, and also his opinion on some of the races. Uh, Ron Duffersey, though, joins us. Uh, Ronning Ron, I tell you what, that was great to see Kobe. I uh, heard you talking to the Big Sports Breakfast team before, but for Kobe and Tom Sherry to be fighting out that finish in such a big race, mate, I, I thought that was magic, and what a story. Yeah, what a story, and what a big moment for those uh, two young men um, to even get a ride in a race like that, let alone yeah. fight the finish out, <clears throat> ride them so well. Um, so it was a wet day, Um uh, fair track, um, horses got through it okay, so I, I think all in all a, a, a pretty good result for the day and, and, uh, and the race itself and G-Trust um, really helped the day as well, h- hanging around to pick up the bonus and uh, he's learned a new trick to race off the speed um, and it's a good trick as well because uh, he really finished off and savaged the line, he's a really good racehorse, and, you know in a year we haven't got a champion sprinter but he's put his hand up and says I'm, I'm around. Yeah, certainly so, and I reckon we'll hopefully see him again plenty more times in Sydney Towns. A top bloke to uh, Gordon Richards and all of that team from Adelaide. I uh, hope they enjoyed themselves over the Tab Everest Carnival. Dean Lester, good morning to you, sir. Uh, what great scenes there in regard... I mean, we didn't have the crowd, obviously, in Melbourne, but coming through via the television, Dennis Pagan, of course, Lockie King, winning that derby, and another excellent story to come out of Saturday's race meeting. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, Dave. It was a unique derby day, uh, with, uh, no crowds, obviously, as you said, but, uh, and unique on the track too, with a acclaiming apprentice winning the derby and a trainer that, uh, hadn't had a runner four months ago, uh, now a derby winning trainer. Yeah, unbelievable stuff. Glenn Munsey joins us as well. Glenn, I know, uh, there was a lot of action in Sydney town and, well, we spoke in the punters panel about Colette and the fact that she was uh, the biggest firmer in that race and, there were plenty of punters that uh, took the good odds and got on and had a bit of a fill-up. Yeah, they did. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dino. Uh, well, she was favourite at 9 o'clock on Saturday morning or around about that time. Colette was favourite for the Golden Eagle when you consider she started the week as around about a $14 chance. And uh, quite surprisingly, with the more rain that arrived, she kept getting out in the market. We thought the more rain that arrived, she'd hold a spot in the market because she was such a superior wet tracker. Uh, but she got out and got nearly very, very close back to double figures uh, by the time the race jumped. I can tell you it wasn't a flash ro- result here. Uh, well, neither was Ice Bath. And, well, what about the people that are on Ice Bath at the start of the week at $31? It started yeah. a $6 chance. And, 
I, I feel I feel sorry for the uh, the connections and uh, the team involved in Brad Widdup because they weren't too far from us. The owners uh, sit. Their, their areas right alongside our broadcast area at Rose Hill. And they were jumping up and down and hugging each other and everything like that. They thought they'd won. Uh, it was only two and a half million difference, I suppose, you know, so it's uh, not as though it was uh, much of a difference. But And the disappointment in their face when, when, when the number went up. I actually spoke to the owner of Ice Bath after the last, and, and he was still bouncing around. He, he was as happy as Larry that, you know, that there, there was his horse that ran in a benchmark race seven days beforehand. Uh, walking away earning 1.6 million. Yeah, incredible stuff. Uh, let's talk about the Golden Eagle Duff. Uh, obviously, we've spoken about Colette. Um, she was a great performance, beautifully placed by the team and, and beautifully trained uh, by uh, James Cummings because we were thinking that it was going to be a little bit too short for her. Obviously, the wet track brought her right into play, but gee, she was she was strong, wasn't she? Yeah, she was, and uh, you know she's not a big filly, and she's a little, you know, she's she's got to be carefully handled, and that's exactly what they did. Because after she won the the Adrian Knox and the Oaks by a big space, everyone was jumping up and down. She was saying, "She, yeah, there's your Caulfield Cup horse." She wasn't. She was never the Caulfield Cup horse for this year. She might be for next, but uh, uh, she, uh, just the one, the patience that they've shown, and. I'm not sure whether they may have had this race in their mind for the whole preparation. Uh, they, they, they kept quiet about it. They kept their cards close to their chest. And and uh, when you see her arrive there, you think, well, it does look like a grand final for a nice and fresh after an Epsom and, and don't want to do too much with her in a spring, which a lot of trainers do with these three-year-old fillies in the spring. They, they don't want to gut the, you know, burn them out. And uh, she, she got the job done. So she sets herself up pretty well for the spring to, to, to really try herself at that next level of, you know, those maybe even those wait for age 2,000 metre races, your Queen Elizabeth, whatever, and especially if we get wet tracks. Ice Bath, well, she was Johnny on the spot. She wasn't even, I wouldn't have thought she was even going to be in the race prior to the week before. Uh, so she was she was just outstanding, the back up, the wet track, and, and just the, the horse on the spot at the moment. Dawn Passage was absolutely brilliant. Um, I don't know whether the, it just swung the pattern when that rain came before the uh, Golden Eagle because it was hardly down the outside prior to that. Um, and, and he was wide, no cover, uh, stuck on well. He's not a wet tracker as, as far as we can read into his form. So he's only second up there. And he, considering the way he looked in the Eagle and thought with a lot of improvement to come, he, his preparation's not over, um, whether... His next run's going to be in something like a gong or he goes to Melbourne for the end of the carnival, I don't know. Uh, but he'll be competitive. Uh, All Saints Eve was great, considering um, her rating. Uh, Batiga was terrific. He had flit lying all over him the whole race and uh, he would have been better off without that drop of rain. So he's, he's really going well without winning this preparation. Superstamp Storm got a mile back but motored late past tired horses. Brandon Berg, good. Crea Dearest lost it at the start. Um, he's, he's, you know, probably work in progress. Uh, Dino, from watching in Melbourne, mate, and obviously you had your eye on Flemington as well, but what did you make of the Iron Jack Golden Eagle? Yeah, look, I thought it was a terrific contest to watch. I just thought Dawn Passage was enormous. Uh, just seemed to be stuck there a long way from home and having to fight them off. And uh, ultimately the closers got him, but, uh, yeah, he's a he's a very good horse. And I think it'll be a good stepping stone uh, uh, to the to the future, I think it's a great concept, uh, a four year old championship, and now they can uh, they can filter back to open grade and and uh, and go on with their careers. But yeah, it was a terrific race to watch.
Do, do you think, uh, Munns, that the the wet track was obviously, you know, he was a sitting shot down passage, but gee, if that surface had have been uh, better and we didn't get the rain, um, he probably nearly wins it, doesn't he? Well, uh, he, he would have, Dave. You know, yeah. no one no one was saying he couldn't win because of. He, his ability or his form or anything like that. It's just, you know, when we saw his only experience on a heavy track, he didn't race that well. Everyone walked away from his first up run in the Silver Eagle saying, oh, oh, oh isn't he going to be good his next run? You know, he's going to be better for it and everything like that. But, you know, the wet track sort of turned you off. i tell you what didn't turn um, anyone off on Saturday was the weather. The Golden Eagle held more than the Derby in Melbourne. Uh, so you can't say that the wet track made them not want to bet. No. Uh, what about um, some of the beaten brigade? Um, I'll go back to you here, Duff. Do we just put a line through their runs like an alligator blood, um, you know, moving forward because of the track and just not, not being able to handle it? Oh, you have to. You have to. He, uh, he, might, he may not have come up as well, this preparation. So I think the right move is to stop, freshen, take him home, um, maybe the Magic Millions Carnival and, and try and get him back up, up and going for that. Uh, but still, he, 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 he's still got to prove himself again You'd want to see him again to say that he's back to that three-year-old performances that he was showing where he was so dominant. And you've got to be very forgiving because of the conditions. The, the Melbourne mare there, she travelled like the winner coming to the turn, uh, Sierra Sue, but we've got to forgive her because she's got no wet track experience. or she's got soft experience, but no heavy experience. She just didn't let down. Um, you know, well, your and and windstorms come to the long of uh, you know he's had a, he's had a busy schedule and mm. and the, you'd have to say that the flop of the race was Funstar, uh, considering her profile, where we all thought she was you know one of the top two wet trackers in the race, and I thought she did it easy enough getting across there, and um, she she didn't she didn't do anything, so she she as dead set had enough. So yeah, a lot of forgiving runs because of those conditions. Any hidden runs, uh, Dan? I mean, I, I watched the replay a couple of times yesterday, and I, I, gee, I like the run of Superstorm. He's just an honest horse, isn't he? Yeah, I think it, there's a really big race in him. Uh, he's he's going to, uh, yeah, I think, probably he had a go at the, at the longer trip uh, in the Turnbull, but I think that can certainly be something he can have another go at in the autumn. And I just like uh, this mare, All Saints Eve. Duff. She looks mm. like an absolute Coolmore Classic horse to me. Not too high a profile, so she get the weight, the right sort of weight, and just seems as though this is the the, the prep to, to gear up for something like that in the autumn. Oh no, you're a hundred percent. Look, she she what is she? She's had under. I think it was only a tenth start. Or tenth something. start, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, she she was really good, winning uh, underdone on a heavy track first up, and then she won a Tibby, and then uh, she was wide in the angst. Uh, so yes, it, John's really carefully handled her, yeah. and I think ninety-five right. radar, so she'd get in the, a race like the Coolmore, but she'd get in light too. Yeah, I know. I think you're right on the ball there. Mm. Now As it's going to be a big, big show, uh, boys, uh, and uh, we want the punters to get involved. Thirteen fifty-three, fifty-three is the open line number. You can give us a call; those lines are open now, or you can give us a, a text on oh four one nine seven six seven two seven two. And you can text in your questions to the team. Uh, obviously, a, a big week ahead in the racing world here in Australia. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we return, we're going to go through this derby with Dean Lester. Melbourne Cup moments, 1978. R1 is clear from Carew. They're followed by Baldus and finishing well down to leader. R1 in front from Baldus, close to home. R1 in front. R1 in front, close to home. He'll win. 1987. Kenzai's got 
up on the rails. Larry Olsen driving it through. Kensai's front to Empire Road. Kensai's taking the lead and Kensai won the cup. 1993. Vintage crop down the outside. Tayako Nick is the leader with 200 to go. It's a length and a half clear. Look at Vintage crop. Vintage crop coming down the outside is after Tayako Nick in the final stages. The English horse Vintage crop hit the front. Vintage crop will win the Melbourne Cup. The 2020 Melbourne Cup. Tuesday, November 3rd. Here on Sky Sports Radio. You're listening to Punters Postmortem. Have your say. Call us on 13 53 53 SMS 0419 767 272 or send us a tweet at Sky Sports Radio 1. 20 past or 21 past nine on Sky Sports Radio. And we've got Mark on the line. You're on Punters Postmortem. And we're taking your calls on 13 53 Morning, Mark. Good morning. Listen, what's, mate, your, uh, what's your question, I, uh, mate? Um, I'd like to ask Dean about the horse Ash Run, please, mate. Yeah, Dino, um, Ash Run, was... of course... Good win, wasn't on Saturday? Yeah, the last horse into the field uh, and the last horse into the barriers tomorrow, barrier 24. But he's uh, uh, he su- didn't surprise me on Saturday in that uh, he ran well, but uh, the way he picked up late and won. And if you look at these horses that win this race, they back up on the Tuesday and they run well, but the ones that run exceptionally well always have the big weight drop and he drops eight kilos. So that's going to help him on t- uh, tomorrow and... Uh, Declan Bates' first ride in the Melbourne Cup from an outside draw, that's going to be the challenge for him. But, uh, yeah, I, I liked his win, and uh, whenever we've seen Andreas Foller bring horses to Melbourne, he, he's never far off the mark. Right, Dean, mate, I've just noticed a couple of things. Shocking has backed up and won, and as so too did Think Big. And uh, Shocking carried 53 on the Saturday, 51 on the Monday, Think Big 52 on the Saturday, and... 53 on the Tuesday, but staggeringly, in 1934, Peter Pan carried 58 at weight for age over a mile and a half and won on the Tuesday, carried 63 and won the Melbourne Cup for the second time, and then another couple of days later, won at 60 kilos over another mile and a half. So I think that this Ash Run's a good one to have a look at. Yeah, well, certainly at the weights, uh, as you've said, uh, he's got a and a bit of an irresistible weight drop, really. Uh, Brew had that a bit too. The he won, I think he went from fifty six down to fifty. So uh, yeah, that uh, it certainly helps. Well, mate, in, from, on the form that's available, this is the lowest weight that Ash Run has carried in the last three years. Yeah, they, yeah, sort of different weight scales over there, but certainly it's not going to not going to hurt him. Well, mate, you know, the weight's only one thing. It's light and it's heavy, and you can handle it or you can't. So, uh, yep. Beautiful. Thank you, Gino, Mark. I'm typically... Yeah, with, with go, Ash go Run. Duff, yeah. yeah, with Ash Run, he, backing up's good, you know, so that's fair enough. He's backed up and won. But can he back up three times since October 21 and, and wins? They're not used to it, these European horses. Yeah, I remember it's only, what, three or four years ago that I, I know both Mark and I jumped into Oceanographer who had to do the same Ramwell and the Geelong Cup was outstanding on the Saturday but just couldn't do it a third time in the 13 days so that's the biggest challenge if he'd only just done it on the Saturday uh, yeah it might might be a little bit different but that's that's the challenge for him saying that uh, he's an incredibly smart man this Andreas Waller uh, he, he his, horse, his horses look amazing and they uh, they come and, down here and they just run well and he's here as well 
Uh, he's here. He did, yeah, yeah, he the did quarantine. the quarantine in Sydney, uh, so he's here, yeah. and I, I think he's one of one of the only international trainers uh, to do the quarantine and be yep. here. We have got Bob online too. Morning, Bob. Morning, guys. I, I, I want to actually ask you about my horse. Uh, won at Doomben on Saturday by five lengths on a soft tracking class record time. Lyrical Girl. It was her ah. fourth win in a row. Um, Tony Gollan's going to turn her out now to the end of January. What sort of races do you reckon you might have in mind? Um, I'd I'd ask him. <laughs> he, she's uh she's going doing a really good job. Um, mm. she like she she put a what she five lengths she won by there on Saturday. Well, one by I five saw, lengths. Yeah, yeah, boys. I saw Daniel from... Daniel O'Sullivan uh, put a tweet out. Um, obviously with the the rating bureau, and he said by far the best Queensland performance over the past week was Lyrical Girl, producing a stakes class weight for age rating. Um, and uh, she was a, a plus three length new peak, so he's obviously riding the data, Daniel, and a good judge as we know. So, uh, but she made it up there with uh, with the group um, of the runs of the weekend. So, I mean, visually she was very impressive, wasn't she, Duff? She was. She came up in thirty three twenty two. Uh, Bob, is she has she won at twelve hundred? Can you remind me? She won at twelve hundred. No, she she hasn't. She came back from a very really bad um, cut on her leg that kept her out for, in, in in basically. In a stall for six months, took a long time to heal. She got hurt out in the paddock, and she, this was her first prep back. And um, mate, she just—I I can't see why she wouldn't get to twelve hundred metres. She just relaxes and kicks her brains in. Yeah, no, no, well, yeah, it's exciting times for you. Mm, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, she's only a four-year-old mare, so we've probably got a bit of racing left in. She's very well bred. Is she Magic Millions qualified? She is, but they've decided to, to go past that and name for the autumn. Okay, good luck to you. Okay, no, thanks, mate. Bob. All the best. Thanks for your call. That's for the uh, the My Runners, and they've had a couple of good ones up there. What was that horse, Muns? You might be able to help me here. They got into the Magic Millions, the Heathcote team. It was a My Runners. It, it, it failed in that particular race. The name eludes me, but um, I know there's been a... Won't, won't take me long to find it, Dave. Be a couple of horses. I think um, Dale Smith rode it. In the uh, the Magic Millions earlier yeah. this year, but they um, had a whole marquee there. The, the yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it, they're the horses you don't bag. They're the horses yeah. you don't bag. Yeah. Dave, right? you've, you've learned, haven't you, Ron? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's go down to the Derby, Dino. Uh, we spoke about it at the start. Uh, Dennis Pagan, um, obviously a champion AFL coach uh, with the Kangas, etc. He now has a Derby winner, and Lockie King. Uh, it was a lovely ride. I tell you what, I was cheering for hit the shot. I was on each way, uh, but great to see. I mean, we, we speak about Tom Sherry and Kobe Jennings fighting out of finish, and here we have Lachlan King and Fred Kersley fighting out of finish in a Victorian Derby. Yep, Lockie King still claiming one and a half, uh, I think, uh, in town, and and has uh, ridden five winners for the season. So he's wow. uh, he's been riding. And to be fair, you go through his last 50 or 60 rides, most of them are at 50 or 100 to 1. So uh, he's not getting uh, many opportunities in that regard. He um, rode a great race because the the horse the week before, he came out moderately out of the gates and they, they were obviously disappointed where he positioned up. So they put the blinkers on. It was a brave move, blinkers first time. And about the 1,400, I thought it had backfired because he over-raced, but Lockie kept holding him in and... And then uh, he just presented at the right time and uh, and he outstayed them, uh, hit the shot. Just probably going out of the straight, I think if Fred Kersley had it again, he, he wouldn't have let El Barado in. He'd have probably just, just held his spot there and might, he'd have been on the back of the winner. Might have made the difference. Uh, he ran very well. But as you said there, uh, you know, Fred's just out of his time and, uh, and they've run the Quinella.
amazing how this race Dino can throw up a maiden that wins it. It is, and well, it's an early derby run, so they don't get you know. Like I mean, I think to be fair with a horse like Johnny, get angry. Uh, they want to get the miles in his legs, and he yeah, has a two-year-old, so he ran in the you know the Byerley and the or the spring the uh, Targe Rossi final. And, and those races, and they were all in town. He could have gone to a mile maiden and probably knocked it over, but uh, he was getting probably better money running in those good races over winter. I heard a little whisper. A man by the name of Joe Agresta has uh, uh, something to do with uh, Dennis Pagan. Is he, is he, uh, Does he? Y- using his, uh, his mind, uh, Joe Agresta? I'll what? tell you what. Uh, I don't oh, know whether it was true or not. Intel. Someone... Yeah. Good intel to be part of, but certainly... Probably the biggest catalyst for all of this is Troy Corstens. Uh, he's uh, he trained for Dennis Pagan, and Dennis Pagan uh, I met just in passing over the past fifteen years or so. And if you want to know why he was so emotional, yes, he owned and trained a Derby winner, but it's the race he's always wanted to win. He, he he's had probably three or four two hundred to one chances running the Derby because he want he wanted Derby runners. That's what he'd tell his trainers. And uh, Troy Corstens went and bought this horse for him in New Zealand, and. Uh, and he was the, the catalyst for it all coming together. I hope he had something on it, Troy, because he got pinched a thousand, uh, didn't he, Ronnie? For and him and Sabazan for breaking yeah. um, COVID protocols. So I, I hope Troy and Saab had something on it. <laughs> I'm sure they might have. I think Dennis might have covered that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, what did you make of the favourite, Dino? Um, who, who did start favourite? That if it was young a, Werther. Oh, young, young Werther. Well, look, he ran. Um, he ran well. Uh, maybe the inexperience was against him, but uh, it was such a such a slowly run derby, and I think he's a yeah you know, an absolute stayer. I would like to have seen him. You know, probably if he'd had a couple more runs experience, Damien Oliver might have taken up the option of just letting him roll. But I think he wanted something to cart him into the race for as long as he could, and he ran well. But uh, ultimately, uh, Johnny get angry with it. Probably a little bit more racing. Uh, hit the shot was good to the line and Cherry Tortoni, but. They ran home in good sectionals, those horses, which you shouldn't be able to do at the end of 2,500, and that shows how slowly they went. It was Going out of the straight, I thought it was going to be a fast derby because Kenzan with the blinkers fired up, but uh, Daniel Moore got him under control pretty quickly, and then they went back to a, a very pedestrian tempo. They run four seconds slower than the Hotham and come home similar. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that tells you, you know, we, we don't want to sugarcoat it. It probably wasn't a strong derby. It wasn't. It wasn't. But it's a, look. I mean, if it and it's going to stay in this position, uh, it's a window of opportunity for a young, mature horse. And and mm-hmm. if he doesn't go on, so be it. He's had a career. He's won a right. two million dollar race. You know, like mm. the Golden Slipper is run in April as a two year old. You might have the best horse in that season, but it doesn't mature till July. You know, that's you right. win the Golden Rose instead. So yeah, yep. that's that's how that's it right. is. That's it. Um, there's a few questions here, Dino, from our punters uh, in relation to like there was all that. That chat last week about you know changing the distance of this race, etc. Do you buy into that, or do you think it, you know a derby is a is a is a twelve furlong or twenty five hundred meter event? It would be a classier race at two thousand, but I think it's you know the window of opportunity for a young horse that's that's mature and that horse he's a big strong horse, the winner, and we've seen it with uh, Tarzino and horses that much the same year in year out. Uh, that a, the um, you know probably the exception was efficient was just looked like a frame and one and he showed how good he was later on winning a Melbourne Cup but uh, yeah I, I'm I'm happy for it to stay at 2500 as a window of opportunity if you want it to be a classier race well it's probably a 2000 meter race. 
9.32 on uh, Punters Postmortem. Your calls on the other side of this. We've got the news with Jamie Rogers. 13.53.53 is the open line number, or you can send us a text on 0419-767-272. Back shortly. Thanks, Dave. NRL chairman Peter Volandes believes the postseason state of origin will rate through the roof, but the NRL hasn't decided whether to keep the format in future years. Queensland winger Xavier Coates sent a scare through camp after landing awkwardly on his right shoulder at training. Roosters' Jake Friend admitted he feared his latest head knock would ruin his long-awaited state of origin debut. In the AFL, midfielder Zach Williams says there's no pressure to perform at Carlton after signing a mega deal after GWS decided not to match the offer. In the EPL this morning, Newcastle United 2-1 over Everton, Arsenal 1-0 over Manchester United and Tottenham 2-1 over Brighton. Is your horse a fussy eater? Can't put on weight? Has loose manure, anxious behaviour or is prone to tying up? Poseidon Equine has the answers. It may be a problem with your horse's gut, the engine of your horse. Engines need the right fuel to fire. That's why Australia's leading stables report outstanding transformations with Poseidon Equine's digestive supplements. Visit poseidon-equine.com to learn how to best fuel your horse's engine. That's poseidon-equine.com. Poseidon Equine. True health begins in the gut. Did you know that you can play your favourite radio stations on Google Nest speakers and displays? Next time you want to listen, just say, Hey Google, then ask to play a specific station. So if your hands are busy scrambling eggs, getting dressed or packing the kids' lunch, use your voice to turn on, turn up or change the radio station. All hands free. Get the new Google Nest Audio for only $149 on the Google Store. Requires Wi-Fi and compatible device. T's and C's apply. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. Yeah, it's 9.34 here on Sky Sports Radio across New South Wales via your wireless, so you can listen to us live on the Tab app across the country. You're with uh, Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester, Glenn Munsey and Dave Stanley here, and uh, we're taking your calls on 13.53.53. So give us a call if you've got a question for our team. Duff, you alluded to Gitra at the start of the show in the Yes, Yes, Yes Stakes. What a performance on the weekend when the question mark was 1,300, but he was strong through the line. Yeah, he just ticks every box. This uh, this horse, he's he's, he's a beauty, and I uh, say so he'd only had well, the wettest track he'd been on was that the, I think the Creswick Stakes down the straight at Flemington, where he was good. Finds his first heavy track. Uh, before he'd come here, he was sort of a real on pace runner, and his pattern was set in concrete. But he he found a, a very fast Everest and come from the back of the field and showed heart, and then was ridden behind the main pack the other day and and really wanted to savage the line. He's a real chaser. He's a real chaser, this horse. And um, sometimes we've seen him in front get a bit lazy in trials and even in a few of his races. But I think they've, you know, even though he's an older, getting on older, a bit of an older horse now, I think they're learning about him all the time. And he's absolutely thrived. Um, That's how uh, he used to race. Yep. Is yeah, it? Yeah, it's only been probably... Yeah, in a few you know, scenarios where he's been right on pace. But early doors, when he first came to Melbourne, he was a sit-off and charge-home sprinter. So, Okay, well, that's that seems to be the go with him, the way um, he hit the line there on Saturday. But a great result for Connections. They um, they stuck around. They got a big bonus. Hortbury on her was good. She uh, just had to do probably a work to get across, and then she didn't settle as well as you'd like. But she did look the winner when she sprinted through there, and imaging got held up like the wet. And was good. Um, 
he battled away there, Eduardo, but uh, all honours with the winner. He's a beauty. Um, Munns, looking at uh, SPs, I'm, I'm just looking at Riser at the moment, um, but uh, Guitra jumped favourite, SP, or was there good money for Hawkebury on her late? Oh, very, very good money for Hawkebury on her late, yeah. Dave. Um, I, I, I was uh, saying through the betting, uh, and we said on Thursday night that he had to get out. And even when he was 2.25 Saturday morning, I said, don't worry, he'll get out. He'll start closer to $4 than, than where he is. And I can tell you there was $4.10 when they jumped uh, about it, plenty of four dollars. Uh, we just never got involved in the in the the Dutch auction there uh, when he was on the way out. But um, I think you'll find he might have started three sixty, and Hortbury on her might have started three seventy yep. favourite. Uh, yep. I think that's about what they were. I think that might that might have been in three sixty, three seventy. But she crashed in late, uh, Hortbury on her. In fact, yeah, three sixty, three seventy was the official SPs. Four twenty Eduardo. Well, he was six fifty into four twenty on the day as well. Yeah, is there duff from a, a a future perspective in the next couple of weeks? I mean, surely we get to see imaging go somewhere. Um, I mean, are these the type of horses you want to follow out of the race? Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, that, that, that obviously it's the, those horses that come back in distance. There, they, they, you know, the Mister Seawolves and your imaging. There's there's options. Newcastle Kembla with million dollar races. Uh, so if if they're doing well, um, why not? Uh, they're fit, up and running, and they're winnable races. And we've still got, you know, a couple of weeks left of the Melbourne Spring Carnival. They're, they're, they're op- good open-class horses um, who could be very, very competitive. You know, they're, they're, they're right up there with a, you know, sort of a similar ability to a Yulong Prince and, and things like that. Uh, so I, th- there's got to be another option for them, those horses of, of Chris's that, you know, just come back in distance there. On the line, we've got Chops. Uh, morning, Chops. How you going, Dave? Good, mate. What's your question for the boys? Oh, I've just got a couple of things. Uh, you know, thanks for the good get on Victoria Key at Flemington on Saturday. It paid outstanding. Uh, shame we just Stick Journey couldn't get get clear galloping room to get out to finish it off for us. Yes, um, yeah, that was a bit sad. Uh, Dave, thanks thanks again for running the Calcutta last night at the Mesos Club. Uh, you you brought some enthusiasm, some colourful commentary, and and some great bunny dollars because the the pool jacked up quite a fair bit. Yeah. He, he yeah. actually proved lucky for some syndicates too, which I, I'm very, very happy to say. Yeah, <laughs> what about that? Uh, the Ruder walked in there last night, picked up the tickets because Munns uh, had a function. They picked up very elegant Duff. Did they? They picked up very elegant. So, sell, but they sold. Oh, sold. Sell, 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 sell. Yes, sold. It was. It was like Hit the I was reserve, watching, did it? Yeah, it was like I was watching something. Uh, you know, at the from the sales, Ruder was on the phone, and you could tell Munns was talking to him, and you know, it was it was all happening. But it was good crowd. I tell you what, uh, hats off to Paul and the team from the Mesos there last night, because as we know, um, and obviously uh, Dino down there in Melbourne, it's it's a different world for you guys. But for the fact that they were able to get people there following COVID last night and get such a large pool, which you know we were they were nervous about, they weren't sure how it was going to work because uh, they had uh, you know it was spread out all through the club, but um, yeah, well done to the, uh, the team there. It was a really good night. Good to see you venturing out to the beautiful southwest of Sydney, Dave, and um, you know, you, you only had to travel another five minutes, you could have come to the, the, the Hacienda here. You know. Mate, I'll be back steward. there. You should have I'll had a few be... stewards there. There might have been a few thousand dollar COVID fines, I'm tipping. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, uh, Chops, uh, what else did you have for us, brother? I've heard a lot of racing experts, and I haven't heard, obviously, your your Melbourne Cup selections yet. But, you know, 
other than Tiger Moth, everyone's picking the local horses. And, you know, it's like since, since 2010, Mary Kane's, you know, Mary, um, Mary Kane's Melbourne Cup win, you know, there's been about five or six of the last 10 years' cups gone to the imports. And, you know, history shows that imports over the 2000 plus, they, they're just far superior to ours. I'm just wondering why, you know, no one's tipping the imports. And, and it's supposed to be a classy, a classy field for the imports. You know what I mean? I, I just don't understand. Is, is it because the firm surface we're expecting today and tomorrow, you know, like the, the warmer weather, that they're, they're just not going to be suited or, you know? Like... Uh, I'm tipping imports first and third. So uh, first, third and fourth, actually. Oh, there you so, go. <laughs> uh, first, second, third and fourth. Sorry. There you go. Oh, yeah. We'll box yours up then. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Chops, uh, mate, uh, who's your big tip for the race before we let you go? Um, I like Prince of Aaron, but I drew I drew um, Twilight Payment and Master O'Reilly last night. So Yeah, that's right. All right, well, hopefully Joseph O'Brien can weave some magic for you, mate. Um, thanks, for, thanks for calling in. We've got Bill now on line three. Morning, Bill. Yes, good morning, gentlemen. I'd like to talk about Tiger Moth and make a comparison with another horse that was also trained by Aidan O'Brien, came out here with much the same credentials as Tiger Moth. It was... um, It ran third to efficient. Marla. Or Marla. And that's got much the same profile as Tiger Moth. Yep, absolutely. And I would think that that give Tiger Moth a pretty good chance of winning because Marla was a pretty good horse. And the funny thing was, I don't remember ever hearing about Marla again. No. Okay. No. All right, Bill. Um, do you, there's a few texts here coming in, Dino, about Surprise Baby flying the flag for the Aussies. I know you just said about your first four there for internationals. Can you see Surprise Baby? You know, Would you be surprised if it was to lob up in a first four? Uh, no, not at all. He's in my he's in my quaddy numbers. Uh, I'll be putting about seven in the quaddy, and he's one of them. Uh, he's we just haven't seen much of him in a year. That's the thing. Uh, it's been a very low key build up. Two runs in a year. He didn't even have that autumn, you know, tick over run. Um, and to be fair, the Turnbull run he didn't get out till about a hundred out. So I, I just hope he's done enough in the in yeah. the time in the twelve months. Uh, the draws helped. He's got Craig Williams. Uh, he's, you know, I, that that's my worry. I'd love him to have just maybe have one more run or a run in the autumn. That's all. Can we talk about the speed map, please, Dino? Can we can we talk about the speed map in this year's cup? I'm open to ideas, Duff. Uh, whatever. It's uh, initiative. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think the wider group, um, yeah, a bit like last year. If if one of them rolls forward. Uh, there's probably four or five that can roll forward from out wide, and watch for Tiger Moth. He's for a European horse. He's very quick out of the gates, and he runs to get like for a good furlong. He'll run, and then he really relaxes. But he could run. He could roll up. I'm hoping Kieran just sits out, has a good look, sees where what the what the speed is, what the options are, and then takes his chances with his lightweight. But uh, I'm thinking the inside group won't lead, but. Prince of Aaron, Anthony Van Dyke will hold their spot. Varen declares interesting blinkers first time, so I'm thinking he'll be ridden a lot more aggressively than the Caulfield Cup. You know Finch won't be that far away. And then coming across from wider, Master Reality, Twilight Payment. 
I think Ocean X will take her chances with the lightweight. Dashing Willoughby was on pace in the Caulfield Cup and, and Persan and, and Tiger Moth the second outside. But it's only, I mean, there's not a clear-cut leader and there's not a there's not something with 48 like days gone by that used to roll along in front like a Combat or, you know, Sunshine Sally or one of those that used to roll them out at a good speed and, and string them out. That doesn't seem to happen anymore. Or three Irish jockeys. Well, that helped too. <laughs> um, we've got uh, Michael on line four. Morning, Michael. Good morning, Dave and the rest of the crew. How are you, mate? Good, mate. What's your question? Uh, uh, Hawk on her. I was just wondering uh, that name. Is, is there a um, is there a, like an, uh, the origin of the name, mate? Like it's a wine. It mean? It's a wine. So it's a wine. A wine, okay. I'm told. Hmm. Ah, okay. Beautiful. Right. And I thought Guitar went really well on the weekend. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Duff alluded to it before. Anyway. <laughs> had, um, did Gordon give any indication in, a, in a, the post-race um, what, what the plan was for Geetra? I mean, we're, uh, we're going to see him back in Sydney for an autumn? Oh, for sure, next year. Yeah. Yeah. Smith, surely. Yeah, yeah. He, he said, I'm going to spell him in Sydney. I'm going to go to the Lightning. He did mention the new market, but geez, he'd get a bit of weight in the new market. Yeah. And then he said, TJ Smith, and then... Uh, and, Oh, everything going well, uh, the same sort of prep for the Everest sort of yeah. next year. Beautiful. I'm tipping they've enjoyed themselves. I know Fitzy and the team out there at Inglis, uh, they were wrapped uh, with uh, partnering up with Guitra, and um, it was it was quite interesting that he was picked, um, you know, when he, when he was, because he was sort of floating around that $26 mark in the tab Everest, then Inglis obviously picked him up and... I reckon he'll be picked up again for sure. Uh, thanks so much for, for phoning in, uh, Michael. few texts coming in here. A lot of people are wanting your thoughts on the Melbourne Cup, Dino and Duff. Uh, we are going to be doing a, um, a quaddy preview, your best bets, and we'll go through the Cup tomorrow on Racing HQ, yourself, Dino, and Mark Hunter. So if you're keen to listen to the wireless tomorrow, we're going to be obviously having a lot of interviews in regards uh, to that. Um, away from uh, the Cup, because we'll get to that uh, shortly, I just want to ask you, Dino, about some other races. We've got some um, questions. Uh, the Empire Rose, shout the bar, stuck her nose out. They wanted to know your opinion on Forbidden Love, uh, the run of Forbidden Love for Dean Inhill and Richard and Michael Friedman. Yeah, I thought she ran really well. Uh, rode the speed, used the lightweight, which uh, seems to be a good recipe in this race uh, for the three-year-old fillies. And we saw Odium just behind the speed uh, and the other filly, Chica Fuerte, who wasn't good enough, but she rode the speed. But... Forbidden Love uh, toughed it out really well. Uh, you know, they went about six lengths above average or above standard the first 800. So it was a you know, pretty solid speed and, and she was still there at the end. So she ran really well. And Yulong Prince, the other one. Sorry, Duff, just quickly. Right. Yulong Prince, um, you know, got the job done. Gee, Cascadian was a good run, though. Yeah, but probably one or two races a year for Cascadian, isn't it? A big track yeah. mile. So Flemington, he's good enough to win a Doncaster, probably not. Epsom, you know, he, he, Caulfield doesn't suit him. So this was his race. He ran third in it last year. He ran second in it on Saturday. So it's his sort of race. Uh, but the uh, the Epsom form was very good, wasn't it? Yulong Prince and Rock uh, both ran terrific. And uh, it was a, a frantic race. It was nearly 12 lengths above standard. Buffalo River doing what he used to do, run along in front. But he got the staggers. Uh, Age of Chivalry hung on well there. And 50 stars will back up into the Australian Cup. On uh, the Australian Cup, the McKinnon on Saturday, the Australian Cup winner of earlier in the year, and he'll run very well. 
What were you going to say, um, Duff? Oh, no, I was just going to comment on Forbidden Love, how, how good she was considering we were doubting her at 1,400 in the uh, regional yeah. Allen to a certain extent. She was, you know, 11 to 1,400 there, and then she finds a, a group one at a mile, um, and I, I thought she, she is a real trier. She's, she's a beauty there. Yeah. Uh, back to uh, Sydney here. There's a few questions about the two-year-old. Um, Ellsberg, uh, they're wanting to... Um, sorry, not um, not the two-year-old race, but the second race. Ellsberg, Duff, and your thoughts. Obviously, Enchanted Heart was uh, pretty good. Look, it, I can see that it wasn't a contest because it was Trot and Canter. Uh, but he's a, I reckon he's got something, Ellsberg. He's, he's, he's work in progress. He's a nice horse. He lost the plot when they sprinted on the turn and wandered, which he did when he won that four-horse race at his debut. I, I think he's one of the horses to follow out of the weekend um, as far as going through his classes are concerned. Um, I love the way he rallied again late and he, from, one, from going from outside the lead to going to run last. Um, I think he was excellent in picking himself up and hitting the line running second there. So I, I like him a lot. He, right. he, the worry with him at Warwick Farm, he hung bad, and, and Saturday they put a near side blinker on him, and what else did they put on him? Uh, no, sorry, a near side bubble cheeker and a lugging bit, and he still hung. No, I just think that's raw. I just think it's that'll all come to him. There's nothing. I don't think that's something that's going to hang with him forever. He's just new. He's just new. That horse. Okay. Um, we've got uh, David on line three. Morning, David. How you going, boys? Look, I think. For me, I, I think very elegant's a good thing. I mean, I think the Caulfield Cup traditionally been a good guy, and I think this year you you might find the first two run very well. But very elegant's been prepared for this, and I mean, on a Caulfield Cup winner, I, I'm just surprised she's not favoured. What do you think, Dean? I mean, I think she's a. People say you know she won't run it out, but I think she will. And you know, to be honest, most of the all the horses are a bit questionable over two miles. You know, not many Melbourne Cup winners have won over two miles until they've won the Melbourne Cup, and I think she's probably better than Ethereal, who won the double. So what do you think? Uh, yeah, well, she's got to be about, uh, what, four kilos better than Ethereal, but she's, um, I think she's got a chance, but I, I would have loved her on a softer ground. I know she won the Turnbull on the dry track, but look how far, how close those horses got to her on a dry track in the Turnbull, and look how far she beat them in the Caulfield Cup. So the soft ground suits her a lot better than the dry ground that she'll get tomorrow. Okay, and what, what about Russian Camelot? I, I think he's the next best. Um, I know Weeking have been the Cox Plate, but reminds me a bit of Fiorente. Yeah, it, that's a, it's a it's a solid comparison. The only difference is Fiorente had run second in the Cup the year before and had that grounding. Um, this was Camelot's beyond twenty four hundred or twenty five hundred or so. That, that that's just a little bit of a doubt for me, but. Uh, He's a classy horse. He'll put himself in the race, and I think uh, at some stage, if you're on him, you'll think you're on the winner. Just one thing, Ron. I just want to ask Ron or you, Dina. I mean, this isn't the best Melbourne Cup field I've seen, but I think it's a very, very good Melbourne Cup field. It's 20 times better than I thought it was going to be yeah. four months ago, um, I must oh, say. struggle to name a better one, like for Deb. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's... Um, it's it's amazed me considering the, the the times we're in and and look at the other some of the other races over the carnival and understandably so be, with travel restrictions and whatever, I think they've done an amazing job, an amazing mm. job. This is a this is a really good cup and uh, yeah, I, I don't think too many people would disagree. Surely no. Yeah, it's no. funny too, boys. Even speaking to James Ross from the ATC and and obviously the international horses we may see for the autumn. He actually said that interest for him 
was higher than it's ever been for that autumn. I think on the back of a day, we saw the intent from Aidan O'Brien. I'm just wondering your opinion. Do you think it is because of the times and because um, the world in, in other parts? I mean, look, we see the UK go back into lockdown, but we also see our racing industry thriving uh, through the pandemic. You know, uh, record horse sales at Inglis. I know Magic Millings had sales. So it seems like the horse economy and the racing economy um, is actually almost going from a strength to strength. And do you think that's why these internationals are uh, sort of prepared to get on the plane and prepared to send their travelling foremans into quarantine, etc.? Any comment? No, no doubt. No doubt. You know, our, our, the way our, our racing structured and, and is funded uh, as far as corporate bookmakers tab, uh, all the money coming back to racing, then we're a very rich... We're, you know, we, you don't have ten million dollar races and seven yeah. million dollar races, and and, and and we've lost no prize money over the the Melbourne and Sydney carnivals. If 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 anything, we've we're increasing prize money. We're overseas. Their their structure is not nowhere near ours, and they're they're they're, they're really suffering. They're closing betting shops down with the, another COVID thing coming through. They're it won't be long before they're racing for two bob over there. And so they've got to look here. They they have to look here with the with the horses that they've got that can be competitive, and that's going to be a continue. It'll get bigger. It'll get bigger. Um, got to give a wrap to to Costello boys. I know the Morleys are involved uh, with Costello, and of course uh, HQ Insurance sponsored this program. N Racing HQ. Uh, this was the Rose Hill Gold Cup. He's a marvel, isn't he? I mean, he he got the sting out, but. Um, We've seen him in the past uh, not be as tough with that winning post looming, but he just kept kicking under Jay Ford. Mm, my old mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been on him so many times. Look, that's a good effort. Five weeks off, uh, wet track, uh, barrier one helped him. Should have won. She's ideal deal. Well, not... I'm, we always knew she had to go right back from that wide draw, but she had nothing Carter into the race at all, and she had to do it all on her own. I thought she was terrific, but no, no knock on Castillo. He's a, he's always Johnny on the spot, and um, he picks up a race, you know, here now and again, and he picked up a big one there on Saturday. He certainly did. Bob's on line four. Morning, Bob. Morning, lads. Um, just mum's a quick question in regards to a Rover trifecta. Does the rover go back to the fourth place? Or, uh, or you've got, only in got the first to be in the first three? No, well, you, you, you don't worry about the horses running fourth in a <laughs> trifecta. No, no, but what I mean when you have the rover. You know, you well, have you're the right, rover trifecta. Yeah, but the rover's only for the first three, isn't it? Yeah. Well, well yeah. That's, that's what I thought, but I had a bloke trying to convince me yesterday that it went back to fourth. You know, say if you, say if you had the first three, because you've got to get the rover to get the trifecta when you take it. In the mm. first used, three, I was led to believe uh, those rovers used to be hard in the brown low. They used to be hard to beat in the brown low. The rovers, because they got their hands on the ball a lot. But he's confused you with the fact he's mentioned fourth because nothing comes in when you're talking trifectas. Fourth is a number nothing. that shouldn't be mentioned. Exactly, yeah. that's what yeah. I told him, but he yeah. wouldn't agree with me. Mm. He's, he's trying to sell you a dummy. Nothing in the Cronulla. Yeah. Well, Wayne, Bobby, you're gonna, are you going to see him today? Yeah, we'll go and give him the biggest spray on behalf of all of us. Just spray him. He uh, deserves that for you. He stitched you up there. Um, now, uh, we wouldn't be uh, a day before the Melbourne Cup. This gentleman, he's been ringing and ringing. Kurt, morning, mate. Morning, Dave. How are you, mate? What's your Melbourne Cup tip? I've got a few texts here. They're wanting to know your Melbourne Cup tip. Yeah, it's not nothing fancy, mate. I'm 
sticking with Tiger Moss because I follow the international form and plus the weight, obviously, so I'm sticking with him, boys. But I'm giving my best. I just want to give my tips for tomorrow, boys. I'm backing Joviality. That's my best of the day there tomorrow, boys. That's Are you on the payroll now, Kurt? Are you on the payroll at Sky? No, why? What happened? Oh, no, I was going to say you're giving your tips to the order. This is outstanding. Okay, what have we got? Oh, sorry. I thought this was a racing uh, program. Yeah, what have we got? Yeah, we'll write this down. Joviality Flemington, mate. It, it comes 0.3 length second to uh, Forbidden Love in the Reginald Allen listed race. That run a gun third there in the Empire Rose there on the weekend. And earlier on in the and I'm going the running double there. Race one, number one, ingratiality is it called? Ingratiating. Ingratiating it, two dollars sixty. Joviality I got three dollars ten. I'm also taking the running double there. Ingratiating into um joviality. Earlier on in the day at Ranwick, I'm going out there, Ron. I hope I see you out there, mate. I'm mm-hmm. taking Newsreader. Race two, Ooh. number two. It's got the oh. same form lines. Oh. Buttering up the owner. <laughs> Head third to um, Forbidden Love in the Reginald Allen. It's seen what it did in the group one there. Um, three bucks sixty. And also, my best of the day at Randwick, I'm taking Space Boy, mate. Six. Um, what have I got? I got six bucks. I got six bucks for it. It is. It's got great form in the heavy there. Wonder Bar top form in the Niverson race the other day. Kathy's won three from one three. I think three on him twice in the heavy with him, and it's already a heavy nine out there. So Space Boy six bucks. And I just want to, uh, Dino. Yes, good. Have you seen the have, uh, down there? Have markets come out for the Melbourne Country Cup? Because I've got Lord Markle winning in that. Um, no, I haven't seen the market for that, but the fields will be out pretty soon. You're very Please. keen on him, I know, but uh, geez, he's, I, I, know, hope he runs, I hope he runs thing. the mile for you. That's all I'll say. I'm taking the Quinella with Palenco and the Trifecta with High Class Harry there. Um, and, boys, can, I cannot wait for this race, Armoury and Classique Legend in the Hong Kong International. I'm going Armoury. I know I'm going way out, but... Wow, mate! I was going for him in the McKinnon, but he's obviously not running there. But how good is? I don't know if he'll run. I don't know if he'll run at Hong Kong either, Kurt. Why? What happened, Dean? Oh, I just, I've just, just, just what I've heard. He, he may not. He may be uh, maybe having just a break. He might not. Uh, oh, okay. May not so make not, it to Hong Kong. So don't d- don't do any long range betting there just yet. Uh, sweet, Dean. So not due to injury then. Uh not that I believe. No. All right, and I'm also still sticking with Yatton, Dean. I got fifty one and thirteen dollars fifty for the Oaks. I know it's Thingo's got a mortgage on it, Monophilia, but you know, you you manage it, Dean. What's doing? What are you hearing? Oh well, she she had a rough run at Caulfield, and uh, everything's gone right since, and that's why she dodged Saturday. She's fit and ready to go, Yatton. Uh, if she flopped into third, that'd be fantastic. But I think uh, Montefilia and Miraval will be ahead of her. But uh, if she ran into third, that'd be great. Well, 13.50, can't go wrong. And boys, you remember this horse I've been raving on about, Golden Pal? Ronnie? Uh, yeah. yeah. Ronnie dreams about yeah. it. Well, Golden come out, Pal, he, yeah. He, he, he come that second in the Norfolk Stake at Royal Ascot to the yeah. Jeb when they come from feeding from nowhere. Listen to this quote, boy. It's this Friday. Yeah, I just wanted to warn everyone because I've been raving on about it. It's this Friday, boys. So it's probably morning time, but it's the grade two there, the uh, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint there. Now, listen to this quote, boys. This is Wesley Ward. You all know how, how humble he is, but listen to this quote on Golden, Golden Powell. 
He's something special, this guy. I think we got a little peek at it, Ward said. From everything we've seen here, they're coming into his home court like Michael Jordan in the United Center in the Breeders' Cup this year. He's a very, very nice colt. I'm thankful to the owner. He's afforded me the time uh, and, team we, and time we've needed with him. Ronnie, get ready for this thing to absolutely romp oh, in, mate. There we go. Sounds Beautiful. like a certainty, Kurt. It sounds like go. a certainty. And the accent um, was outstanding. Yeah. yeah. That, um, is he a coming from behind horse or is he a speed horse? <laughs> now, um, boys, I hope been around two turns. There's plenty, there's plenty of ticks here. There's plenty of ticks here. Uh, there's some I can't read out. But anyway, um, we've got uh, – well, they want to get your first fours. Uh, for the Melbourne Cup. As I said before, though, Dino and um, Mark Hunter are going to join Racing HQ tomorrow where we look at their best bets, their quaddies, and we'll look at their Melbourne Cup runners and, and tips. But I'll start with you, Dino. What is your first four, just for listeners today that only listen to punters post-mortem? Uh, I am... Uh, uh, well, I'm following Kurt. I'm 21 Tiger Moth, ahead of 12 Prince of Aaron, 1 Anthony Van Dyke, and 4 Master of Reality. They're my top four, 21, 12, 1, and 4. Okay, uh, Duff, you're uh, tomorrow, mate. Have you have you had a, a real dissect, or you, you can? Yep, um, I think I'm having two bets, and uh, I think yep. I'll back the winner. I'm backing Surprise Baby. Just a you know, you can just read. Uh, he's been sent for one race, and I think he might get it right. I'm and Tiger Moss, the other one, uh, just fits that profile of of that Northern Hemisphere three year old, which we've all, all learned over the past three years. Uh, they're the two for me. I'm. I'm not leaving out Sir Dragon A. I just love the way he surged through the line of the Cox Plate, and I think that's a that's the that's the lead up I want to trust. I know we a lot think he's a wet tracker, but I don't think there's enough evidence to say that he's just that. And Finch is the other one. He's got to get an aggressive ride, French. He's a front he's yeah. a front runner. He's a front runner, and I I think he's um I know he's had a couple of goes at it. Uh, but that that was just ugly last year with uh, him holding up in a race like that. But thirteen twenty one, they're the the roving bankers, and uh, five eleven for the third and fourth. Months, have you had a bit of a look? Um, you know, I mean, geez, uh, what about you and the Ruder? A very elegant kid, <laughs> loved it. It would have been thirty thousand. It's a round of drinks, Dave. You're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> um, for some, anyway. Uh, I'm going twelve. Which is uh, Prince of Aaron. Uh, he's just all his runs in Australia are just good. Um, Surprise Baby thirteen, Finch eleven. Uh, Finch fits into the same boat as Prince of Aaron. Every run he's had in Australia has been very very good. So twelve, thirteen, eleven, and then I'm going to look probably wide to number six Twilight Payment. Beautiful boys. All right. Um, what do you say about just one for Dino? Um what do you say about this two-year-old race? I've got three far laps here and three Luskin stars. They tell me I like, okay. I love the top weight, but uh, Marine One yep. is supposed to be very good, and Dosh, I'm told, goes good. Uh, Dosh is very sharp, and uh, it only won a three-horse jump out, but geez, it uh, it hit the ground running. I, I think it would have won that uh, race at Mooney Valley, but it was an emergency, and Marine One... Goes well. Um, just uh, looks a bit green to me, but uh, it certainly got talent. Uh, so for that reason, uh, just because he's been down the straight on with ingratiating, but I think Dosh will uh, give them something to chase. He's he's very sharp. Okay, thanks. Beautiful, boys. Um, before we let you go, to some horses to follow. 
Uh, for me, I'm going to follow that horse we spoke about before. Uh, Gerald will place him well. Uh, Ellsberg, and the obvious is Dawn Passage. Perfect. Dino? Uh, well, looking to beyond the carnival, Blaze Jaski was only first up on Saturday and didn't get the best of runs, so I, I think there'll be a race for him at Sandown. He can win. Um, 50 stars, as I mentioned, for the McKinnon next Saturday, now that uh, Armory's not going there. And too good, too hard. Uh, she ran really well in the last. Uh, there'll be a mare's race for her coming up, but, uh, yeah, they're the three for me. And Munns? Um, looking at one out of the highway, King's Trust. Good luck to Jimmy Smith and uh, Joel Kane. Uh, I don't know where the, the Robinson team will take it, but still eligible for a Class 1 in the bush. And his last two in highways have been very good, and they've both been Class 3 highways. So um, he's eligible for easy races where they bring him back for a highway or the bush. And, yeah, well, you, you've just got to stick with Dawn Passage. Yeah, beautiful. Boys, uh, have a great uh, couple of days. As we know, um, it's, a, it's a wonderful time of the year and we get really good racing, of course. We've got the um, the big race in Sydney on Saturday um, and for the youngsters, Andrew Adkins won that last year, didn't he? Uh, with Dame Giselle. Dame Giselle, he was, yeah. he was telling me um, on Saturday and, of course, uh, we'll roll in for the Cup tomorrow, Oaks, and we've got the State of Origin as well Wednesday night, so a big couple of days coming up. Uh, take care of yourselves. Have a good week, guys. Terrific. Thanks, Thanks guys. All right, and as I said, we'll chat with Dean Lester and Mark Hunter tomorrow on Racing HQ to get their late mail thoughts on a big day there at Melbourne. We'll also have Tommy Berry on tomorrow's program. Of course, Tommy is staying in Sydney. He's riding at that Ramwick meeting. Shane O'Cass is going to join us as well tomorrow. I'm going to get Shane on because he's going to do the form for all the New South Wales meetings away from Flemington. We just need to have a big day on the punt backing winners, so we'll chat with Shane and a few other guests. It is 10.05. It's time for our previous for our New South Wales meeting shortly.